Hello, and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast. I am Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Alex, I don't want to do the intro this week. I don't want to do the intro. I hate doing intros. That's why I just don't talk until my, okay, he says something, but I'll do it. First and foremost, ladies and gentlemen, we've been doing this for exactly one episode, and I'm going to come back and do it again. Um, I'm going to introduce a segment I like to call My Apologies for Last Week, and this week, I'm not apologizing for anything. I got nothing to apologize for. Craig, thank you for saving my career, cutting out all the nonsense that had no business being in there. If you see our last episode, you hear a, a little bleep in there. Um, it's for... Uh, it's from not from my. It's not that you guys can't handle it. You guys can. You guys do the most. You support us no matter what. Um, it's for me and uh, my uh, emotional insecurities. I was scared that maybe one day this is gonna come back to bite me in the butt. And you know, a lot of people say, "Hey, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all." I say crazy things, double down, and if I don't like it, then Craig cuts it out. Because here's the thing: if we followed that logic of if we don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. We wouldn't have a podcast. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to watch any of these movies. No movies. Hey, Enola, bro, I would have to have watched another movie. <laughs> Good grief. But thank you for joining us. We appreciate you coming back. Uh, make sure to subscribe so you can catch us on every single podcast when that comes out. And subscribe on every podcast platform. Like, I know most of you guys listen to Spotify, but if you just want to, like, you know, keep put us on in the background on Google Podcasts and, you know. First of all, I'm not going to assume all of you listen to us on Spotify because I, uh, I know most of us listen to Spotify because I have access to the statistics. Well, listen, first of all, <laughs> data isn't real. We all know this. Fake news. Um, can't believe statistics anymore. Follow your heart. Follow your emotions. I am an Apple podcast person. My wife is an Apple podcast person. So you all Apple podcast people, because this is not a broke person podcast. We all got iPhones. We all got that money. If you make minimum wage, this is not the podcast for you. I'm recording on a TV tray. Hey, let's get one thing clear. I'm recording on a TV tray right now. So if this is not the broke person podcast, I need to not host this podcast anymore. My laptop is on three board games right now, but one of them is Monopoly because I don't mess around with my money. So yeah, um, thank you for supporting us. Thank you for following us, interacting with us on social media. Thank you for sending us messages, letting us know know, um, how long the last episode was. Uh, We appreciate your feedback. We're going to be sure not to listen to it, Um, but know that we heard you. Three-hour podcast coming your way. Yeah, we're definitely going to come out with a marathon episode. Um, It'll start at 8 o'clock in the morning, finish 8 o'clock in the morning, and you guys can just be along for the ride. Um, If you have any ideas for improv segments, middle segments, one-hit wonders, remember improv segment is something that we use our improvisational skills on or lack thereof. Middle segment. In case you needed somebody to mansplain improv comedy to you. Hey, in case you didn't know what the last like five letters of improv were, I got you. Um, middle segment is something that we have to prepare a little ahead of time, a um, little less winging. So if you have a good idea for that and then one hit wonder, um, make sure it's a garbage idea. So if it doesn't work, it's never coming back anyway. So we'll take all three ideas. If you don't have any ideas, well, that's why you're not on the podcast. Craig, back to you. I'm just going to let this sit for a little bit. Hey, audience, I just want you to think real hard about that long lecture that you were just given. 
for no reason, really. Listen, I'm the stepdad you never wanted. That's me. Hey, uh, do you know how that guy who makes fun of your biological dad, um, and this is like your mom's like third boyfriend thinking about getting married, who like doesn't treat you with enough respect because he thinks he only needs to get the respect of your mom? That's me. I'm that guy. The guy who has been in your house for maybe two weeks and is already telling you stuff to do? That's me. But yeah, eventually... The guy that you know stays over one night and thinks that he has control of the TV 24-7, that's Alex. Yeah. yeah, that's me. So if you don't like that, then you're probably perfectly normal and healthy. If you're like, you know, I kind of like this guy. He makes me feel kind of way. See somebody... Once Alex takes a shower in your house, like it's game over. He's moved in. Yeah, game over, man. Your house is my house. And my house is definitely not your house. Uh, That's why Alex has never showered at my house before. And he stayed at my house for like weeks on end before. And it's not because I don't like showering, even though I don't. It's because I don't let him, because I know the consequences. Correct. All right, now that we have that nonsense out of the way, uh, do you want to talk about a movie? Yeah, let's talk about a movie. What was our movie this week, Craig? Before we talk about the movie this week, let's talk about the movie next week. Because we missed it two weeks ago, and we almost missed it again last week. So I'm going to get ahead of it, and next week's movie is Hubie Halloween. That Adam Adam Sandler Sandler Netflix Halloween movie. Because we looked at all the fantastic, spooky, scary, skeleton Halloween movies... And we decided none of those, the Adam Sandler one, please. Thank you. Yep. Catch it on Netflix for all you homies who didn't want to go out and, you know, catch COVID at a movie theater. We're looking out for you, man. We're looking. That's how much we care. As your stepdad, I care. Um, As your stepmom, I care more. Well, we both can't be step parents. That's literally not how this works. You're, You're the mom. I'm the stepdad. That makes sense. I think that makes yeah. sense. I'm, uh, as I like to say, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So when uh, catch me on my next podcast after Craig fires me and replaces me. So anyways, <laughs> what was if you this wanna, week's movie? Uh, this week's movie was Train to, Busan, Train to Busan, Train to a Korean City. Didn't know you spoke Korean. Yeah. Um, so if you want to skip the movie conversation... As always, we'll have a time code here for you to skip ahead if you'd like. And that time code is presented to you here. Time code 3202. This time code is presented to you by AT&T. What's in your wallet? Um, you kind of meshed a few together there. No, I didn't. State Farm. Are you in good hands? <laughs> I'm trying to get sued by as many corporations as humanly possible. McDonald's. Auto Parts. Disney drink responsibly (laughs) all right Um, so train to busan was a zombie movie yeah i say that like i was surprised i wasn't i knew what i was getting into i did not it was a 2016 korean film um whole thing sing korean yeah this raises my number of korean movies watched from one to two you and me both so listen, let's get this let's get this out there right away. I do not remember any of the characters' names, and even if I tried to look them up on IMDb and pronounced them, I wouldn't even remember who I was talking about. So I'm just gonna refer to every character as their written archetype. So you know there's gonna be dad and daughter 
and then there's the door dad, and then there's the pregnant wife, who is the, the wife The door, door dad? dad? Okay, yeah, I got you, guys. Yeah. And then there was, you know, ethical misconduct and the train conductor. Yeah, that's pretty much everyone important. And then you got baseball player, baseball player, girlfriend, and the baseball team. Yeah. Boom. Um, whole, whole team. And homeless man. Oh, who's, yeah. That's his actual name in the credits, is homeless okay, man. Okay, good. Um, yeah, I only know two names, and that was Sue Ann, because it sounds like Susan, and then Jin Hee, because I'm like, oh. That makes sense. It's pretty easy to remember. Everyone else, I'm too stupid to know. So, um, Craig, it's a two-hour movie. Yeah. Did you feel it? Yes, but not where I normally feel it, which is a very bad phrase to take out of context. I felt where it do you, at like... I'm going to be like, uh, where do you normally feel it? I felt it at like the 55-minute mark. Or hey, like the forty-five minute mark. Yep. Um, hey, this whole movie takes place pretty much on trains. It's a two-hour mm-hmm. movie. I'd say at least an hour forty of it is on trains. Hour thirty, and like, listen, I've played Resident Evil Zero. I know that there are only so many things you can do on a train. So I was interested to see what they did with this to make what it a interesting. Niche reference you made, dude. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so there's they don't stay on the same train for the entire movie. And so mm-hmm. when they transfer from train one to train two, I'm like, okay, how far are we in this movie? Oh, there's still an hour left? Interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I literally got to that point. Um, and I was thinking, there's how are they gonna how are we gonna make this longer? Because yeah. there's not a lot of train. People are dying at a crazy rate. We've been introduced to the main characters. I'm like, and they're dying off already. Yeah. Basically, it's like, hey, here's the zombies. We're going to kill off a meaningless character to show you that, hey, these zombies kill. And then we're going to kill a lot more people. A lot of people. And these are not this, not the slow zombies. <laughs> okay. So I'm trying to think of. Just general notes I can talk about. Um, well, first of all, I've never seen a movie filmed so long on a train since Snowpiercer and possibly The Commuter with Liam Neeson. Um, people have an obsession with trains. Also, what's that one with Johnny Depp? Orient Express? Yes. Bro, what are we doing with trains? Trains I've are still cool. Never, I am I've pro grown, I've ridden like one train my entire life. Okay, but yeah. So, I mean, I got about halfway through the movie. I'm like, oh, Trains are this movie. And then I remember, oh, it's Train to Busan. It makes sense. Holds up. I'll allow it. So in terms of like the virus that turns people into zombies, I thought that it turns them really fast. Crazy fast. Like even in like The Walking Dead, they kind of put it on a spectrum of like, hey, it affects each person differently. Some people, it takes like a day or two. Some people, it can happen in like 20 minutes. This virus is like, everyone, 20 seconds max. 20 seconds max. Unless you're a main character, then you'll hallucinate. Possibly you'll be able to talk while you're doing it. If you're a main character, everyone else, you're going to die before you, you're going to die and come back before you hit the ground. But I think that this movie did a very good job at working with what little it had in terms of like setting yeah absolutely. it definitely uses the train to its maximum capacity and no maybe even a little bit past that um i'll tell you what 
Um, here, let me start out with saying, I don't know whether or not I have more good things to say about bad things. Um, but the bad thing is for me is everyone in this movie is the slowest people I've ever met in my entire life. No one, when they're scared, everyone in this movie. Okay. So everyone's familiar with like fight or flight or freeze, right? Every person in this movie is a freezer. Maybe one dude is a fighter. Nine times out of 10 freezers. Hey, you're going to watch this movie. You're going to be like, run, 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 do something, move, go faster, go faster. They can't hear you. Do something, move, move. Don't stand there. And you're going to do the entire movie, the entire movie. You're going to be like, do something, dude. Yeah. I think characters reactions is probably one of the biggest gripes about this movie. Yeah. I'm just like, are you scared? Oh, you're scared. Then fight or run. Do but something about whole, it. This whole freezing thing. Okay. I'm like, oh, it makes sense that some people freeze. I totally get it. But it can't be every single person. Yeah, when you have like 10 or 12 characters that are in a fight or flight or freeze opportunity, just like pro- statistically speaking, all 12 of them cannot be freeze people. Right. Dude, every time. Oh, dude, it annoyed me so much. It annoyed me so much. Um, I want to get back to the beginning of the movie. So okay, beginning of the movie. So this is um the dad and the daughter and the I think was it the nanny, yeah, the dad's I mom. Think so. I think the nanny. An elder okay, the nanny. Um Or I could be wrong. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. And yeah, pretty much. Um So I want to talk about like right when they get on the train. Just okay. kind of that first scene. I hate the phrase, if you don't study, you'll be just like him. You know, we get introduced to the homeless character and somebody i think it was it ethical misconduct that said it to her oh that's for real what we're calling him yeah uh-huh. uh i'm calling em okay was uh, or EM emc the one, uh was he the one that said if you don't study you'll be just like him to the daughter yeah Cause it makes sense it makes sense it makes sense I was... with this character but i'm like all right hey can we stop telling kids that please yeah, I mean, she says that. She goes, "Any my mom tells me anyone who says that is a bad person." Yeah, and I'm like, "Good for you, kid." Right? I yeah. I thought that too. Where that kid was just like, "You got points for me in that." Also, yeah. the first like five minutes of the daughter being on the train, it's her just trying to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like, also, the first five minutes is the dad being the worst dad ever. Yeah, like she before the virus even breaks out, she like goes back and forth between cars for like five minutes trying to find a bathroom and i'm is the whole movie just a bathroom adventure for her also bathrooms they're one of their main character in this movie yeah um also when uh door dad said that uh there were two people in the bathroom i definitely thought it was like a weird sex thing oh 100 also why would you say that there's two people peeing in there just say it's one person and she's pregnant. Just say, why do you even need to say that she's pregnant? Dude, you picked the most awkward way to say that. And like when he kept referring to her like, it's okay, baby. You can do it, baby. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I don't, I was, I was thinking maybe she had like motion sickness or she was throwing up and she just didn't feel good. Yeah. But it was weird. It was definitely weird. And maybe we were supposed to think that, but I'm. it was, it was very, very awkward. Yeah, and 
things got very boring very fast in that first act where they're kind of mm-hmm. like settling in and like, all right, are you ready for this movie to get boring? And then it doesn't. I, yeah. I thought that was a very good use of pacing where right as I thought, okay, this movie could use a turn. They do the turn. Yeah. I think it was just like, this is the baseball players. This is the cheerleader. This is the door dad. This is EMC. This is dad. This is mom. This is pregnant lady. Or this is dad. This is daughter. This is pregnant lady. This is everyone's jobs. Now let's kill some people. Yeah. Here are the train attendants, I guess. And here's, um, I almost said the captain and then I almost said the pilot, the conductor. Um, but yeah, so introduce characters and then, uh, people start getting murked like left and right. It shows how infrastructure is truly not designed for any form of disaster. Yeah. What did you think when the first, I don't even know where, where do spoilers start in this thing? Um, once main characters start dying, I think what you're going to say is going to be fine. And then we can start soon after that. Yeah. I think when main characters, when we start talking about main characters dying, then we, we probably, should. Hey, plot twist. It's a zombie movie. Some of the main characters are going to die. Yeah. Um, but when the first zombie goes onto the train, it's a long turn. Then hits the attendant. It's a long turn. Every turn after that light speed. But also, a lot of it is just like watching people turn. What's going on? Are they having a seizure? What's going on? We need help. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Also, all these zombies go for the neck. Um, My final thing before we get into spoilers is I just hate it when people get aggressive in zombie movies. Uh, or just like disaster movies. Because we get introduced to Door Dad. The reason I call him Door Dad is because the way we're introduced, it really is um normal dad is holding the door and he has to make a decision on whether or not he's going to let this running couple into the room or if he's going to close it on them he doesn't know Mm -hmm. if he has enough time and so he decides to close it on them because he thinks he won't be able to let them in but the couple does end up getting in and he's like do you want to apologize to me and I'm like, oh, great. Now we have this weird tension for the rest of the movie. Yeah, dude. And that's kind of the... why I didn't like it. I think his response was appropriate. Absolutely. But I don't like that the movie did that because now I have to think like, oh, now there's going to be this weird life debt for the rest of the movie. Also, okay, there's a couple other things that bothered me in the beginning. One, first time you see a zombie, if I see a zombie in real life, I'm calling everybody. I'm calling my wife. I'm calling my parents. I'm calling siblings. I'm calling everybody. Nobody was calling anybody. Not a person was calling anybody. A couple people were on the phone. It wasn't nuts. But I'm like, everyone should be freaking out right now. No one was freaking out. Also, when that guy was like, want to fight? You want to apologize? I'm like, he thought you just watched. Everyone just watched 50 people get killed. 50 people just got killed on that part of the train. He doesn't have to apologize. Everyone's freaking out. You cannot expect people to act rationally in a disaster. You expect him to do something, which is why I don't want people to freeze. But I'm like, he's not going to apologize. Be like. I would have said, hey, bro, I'm sorry. Like, it's zombies, man. I, I'm i I'm sorry. And he'd been, he would have been pissed, understandably. But this whole apology and, like, uh, semantics. Yeah. All right. We got to jump into spoilers to keep this from another hour 20 podcast. Send it. So, again, time code for spoilers. Pass the spoilers. It'll be presented to you here by AutoZone. Time code 3202. All right. 
Spoiler City. Choo choo on the train. This is the second time I've done the train thing, but the first time it's appropriate. I hate EMC. And you're supposed to. Oh my God. But I'm like, he is scum of the earth. And I I realized it was was bad in the beginning, but I'm like, oh, he's just a, a terrible person. He's just a jerk, you know? Um, but then he was like, he's coming up. My boyfriend, my friend, whatever is coming up. They rescued people. He goes, how do we know where they're not infected? I'm like, oh, so he's that kind of jerk. Yeah. And while I'm watching that, I'm like, hey, I know this virus acts fast, but you can still have some sort of plan to deal with it. Right. Like you guys have seen enough people turn to where you can be like, oh, he's starting to turn. Let's bash his head in, please. Right. Also, nobody was killing zombies this entire movie. Not a single zombie was killed. A lot of baseball bats, a lot of punching. No one killed zombies. Did not happen. What Um, did you think of the train passing sequence where they're like going through the dark? Or no, even like before they get to the dark part where, you know, Door Dad is just freaking socking zombies. Um, I thought it was so stupid. They just duct taped their forearms. I'm like, oh. Yeah. There's a million other places they can get you, and you know that. What are we doing? Like, what, like the baseball d- guy sense. looked like he was wrapping his hands with, like, sandpaper, or at least something coarse. And I'm like, okay, that makes enough sense. But then DoorDad just, like, wrapped, like, the not-punching part of his hand with duct tape. And I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on. I don't think we all have the same plan here. It was just forearms. I'm like, first of all, you took off your suit. Wouldn't have done that. And he's walking around with a short sleeve slurred, duct short sleeve shirt and duct tapes his forearms i'm like dude you expose more skin by taking that off also everyone's going for necks right now you guys are nuts what are you doing absolutely crazy um i don't know i also thought door dad was like a superhero i'm like this guy's throwing zombies against the ceiling he's holding back a bunch of them he's socking people he's like done like mma moves i'm like who is this guy it was super campy and it was mm-hmm. definitely fun to watch. I wrote that the music in the passing through car sequence was very choice. I really thought the music accompanied what they were doing very well. That being said, I hated the music during the sad parts. When someone died or someone was saying something emotional. I We didn't need emotional music. I either needed no music or I needed the music to be... I, it felt like, oh, this is the part of the movie where you're supposed to be sad now. Um, and that was annoyed me and it annoyed my wife as well. Um, I have what a did note you th- that says, mm-hmm. I get it. You don't like the guy. Shut up about it. Did I mean this about Door Dad? Was there a part right after the passing through the car sequence where Door Dad was unnecessarily grumpy towards normal dad? It was talking about, oh, remember when he was ta- talking to the daughter? Like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. going in. Yeah. Be like, yo, this is this kid's dad. I just thought the aggression just lasted for so long and the payoff was expected and not worth it. Yeah, 100%. What'd you think about the, don't worry, when we get to this Korean city, the military's going to be there and we're going to have to quarantine. Make sure to go to the east side and separate from everybody else because I have a contact with the I thought it was an unnecessary complication. Even because it never pays off. Right? Nope. We do not get the payoff for that setup, but even while we thought we were getting a payoff, I'm like, I could tell this is an unnecessary layer to this movie. And there's a lot of unnecessary layers to this movie. Like when normal dad finds out that, 
you know, his business caused it and he had a hand in it. Didn't care. Also didn't understand it. I'm yeah. like, it's loose. It's like, is it, it's our fault. It's our fault. And I'm like, wait, how, what did you invest in them? It doesn't make any sense. Also the homeless person being like, they're all dead. They're all dead. I'm like, oh, this guy knows something. He might be homeless, but he's not crazy. And then I realized, oh no, he's just homeless and crazy. No payoff. Like, oh, he doesn't know anything. He just knows what everybody else knows. Yeah. I just, there was a lot of unnecessary layers I didn't like. Um, When they do the whole sequence about like, okay, we're going to be in this tunnel for two minutes. We got to make sure that it counts. And like, we all get across. And if not, we have another tunnel about, that's about two miles long. And hey, none of it matters. Um, They were in that first tunnel for way longer than two minutes. I don't like to be that guy that's like, um, that does the whole timer thing to see if they were true to their word. But I'm like, hey, you made this up. You could have set a longer time for you guys to be in that tunnel. Because them being out of the tunnel is of no consequence. Okay. Now that we're naming things that ticked us off. Um, <laughs> Love the phone idea. Loved it. Loved the throwing the bag over there to distract him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The going back for the homeless person. The homeless person stepping on a Fanta can. Yeah. What are we What are we doing? What are we stepping on Fanta cans? Is that how we're getting zombies attention now? What do this is like when you're hunting and you see a bad guy and you step on a twig. Yeah. Snaps like you crunch a leaf too hard. I'm like, what are we doing, dude? Um, I thought it was kind of rude that normal dad asked door dad for his phone and then threw door dad's phone like, hey, this is your plan. Throw your phone. And then he rags on him for the ringtone later. Yeah. When they're in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, Bro. Okay, we're ragging on this movie a lot. I thought it was a decent time. Decent. As far as... I don't like zombie movies. I don't. This is one of the best zombie movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I think this is a very enjoyable time. I enjoyed the experience. I do not regret watching this movie. Um, But... They just didn't get the details right for me. Right. Dude, good thing about this movie. That kid was the one of the best kid actors I've ever seen. Yeah. Blows Millie Bobby Brown out the <laughs> water when it comes to Nola. I'm like, this kid, at the end of the movie, she's crying. She's screaming. When she's saying, don't go, please. I'm, what, I'm sorry. Please don't go. I'm like, give this kid an Oscar. Amazing job talking about the wanting to see my mom when you, you see the we and you're like I already have a we we got it for Children's Day and then walking around talking to strangers I'm like this kid is incredible best actor in the movie and she's like nine maybe however no matter how good of an actor she was she could not save that father daughter relationship because by the time we got to the third act I simply did not care about it anymore because there's that part where um, when the trains. Yeah, where he, like, sits her down on one of the chairs to, like, explain, I think, like, what happened to his mom. And I'm like, whatever. I don't care anymore. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Kid was cute. The tears looked real. The emotion looked real. The yeah. screaming, everything. I'm like, yo, this kid is amazing. Um, um Let's get through some rapid fire notes. EMC's sure. body count was off the charts. Holy crap. That man killed a lot of people. Killed recklessly directly and indirectly when he was in the when he was in the bathroom with the attendant i'm like this attendant is dead hey you've been around this guy for too long you're dead yeah i feel like the girl died for no reason the baseball girl baseball girl died for no reason yeah oh it's it's just a casualty of being around emc 
Yeah. And I felt like things were going super good and literally just his presence killed her. And yeah. I'm like, this was unceremonious at best. Yeah. Uh, when the baseball player is holding her, I'm like, well, he's dead. Two seconds later, dead. That yeah. that shot, though, the panning back, seeing him from a distance, seeing her turn. I'm like, we all know he's dead and we're just going to watch it happen. Very yeah. cool shot. Um, I felt like they were killing off characters too quick. Because once the uh, once the girl dies, it's baseball girl, then baseball boy immediately after, then homeless guy immediately after, um, and this is all conductor. after yeah the conductor, and then and so like seven major characters die in like ten minutes. I liked it. I mean, it, they, it was a best effort at um, you didn't feel anything before. We're going to make you feel something now. It felt very, oh, we have too many characters. Uh, We got to do something about this. We want to end up so there's only the daughter and the wife left. Uh, uh, Off, 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 off. I thought homeless guy, it was sad how he died. Very, very unceremonious. I'm like, oh, this guy means nothing to us, apparently. I liked EMC killing people because I'm like, it was his fault. Also, his death of being like, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. I'm like, okay, he was just scared this whole time. Yeah. It just, Huge jerk, hate him, idiot, but he was scared. Yeah, I think all those final character deaths just felt really pre- preventable. Yeah. Oh, because when he's talking, and we all know he's going to turn, because we've seen it, you know, a million times. We're like, push him off the train, push him off the train. Why are we talking to him? Push him off the train. He's going to change. He's going to kill you. He's going to kill you. Oh, what's that? He killed you? No way. We hate this guy. Also, um, quick note, Um, when he's like... You guys are going to, you could be infected still. Move on to the next, you know, cabin. I'm like, good. You Do you want to be next to the zombies? You yeah. don't, right? Move along. Move along. You don't want to be by those guys. I'm like, sounds good. You tell me you want me to be farther away from them? Sounds good, boss. See you later. I'm infected. Watch out. Um, The normal dad's death was like emotional and whatnot. I felt like the flashbacks were a bit much. Too much. Too much. I think all they needed as far as emotion was him saying goodbye to the daughter and then the shot of him falling off the train. I think that was fine. I think it tugged at my uh, emotional heartstrings. Um, unfortunately, I dude, I'm a sucker for daddy kid moments. Yeah. Anytime oh, one of those Absolutely. happens, I, I'm a sucker. It didn't work this time because he wasn't a real dad. He was a hero. He was doing stuff for other people. He didn't do stuff for his daughter all the time. Half the train was pitching in to save his daughter. So I'm like I I'm not feeling this, but the whole like please don't go, the crying, I'm like yikes. If I had a heart, this would be pain in me right now. Yeah. Um my final thing, I kind of feel like the daughter and pregnant wife should have been bit at the end. Purely because of how loud she was singing. Um, I wasn't worried about it because I'm those soldiers just aimed yeah. down. I'm like they killed everybody. Also, if they would have gotten gunned down at the end, I'm like, you spare no one. You spare no one. I was ready for them. Like, oh, see ya. That was gonna piss me off. I'm like, I'm glad. I glad that worked out. The they're survivors. I'm like, thank God. All right, Craig. Out of ten, how do you feel? High six flat seven yeah that's exactly high six flat seven i'll go to flat seven but because for a zombie movie yeah great for a zombie movie great all right let's welcome the movie the non-movies back 
uh remember next week is hubie halloween so check that out and come back to us yeah let all us right know. let's do some improv comedy so craig we've been on this two-week cycle of improv i'm um, doing it for two weeks trying yeah, something new i have new. no idea what he's bringing to my feet right now all right so this could be interesting um i call this improv segment, or it could suck it listen it's not gonna suck i'm saving the sucky ones for one hit wonder this improv segment is called movie style and it's like uh a movie mad lib so i'm gonna give you a genre or you can do this to me as well we're gonna take turns we're only gonna do probably two i think this this is gonna go longer anyway um we can cut that out there's no reason for you guys to see behind the scenes you we're not that close yet you don't need to know my thought process. Okay, but like when you pitch to the audience, now I have to leave it in. But no, they don't need to know that we're only going to do it two times for time. They don't need to know that we're concerned. Listen, what I don't want them to think is, oh, this podcast is too long. They're going to shorten it to accommodate what we like. No, you're not the boss of me. You might think it's long. I might like it long. Listen, to each their own, man. Alex, You don't decide once. how long we make this Alex- thing heard once that the audience liked being talked down to that it was funny and engaging when alex was mean to the audience it went right to his head and now that's always going to carry in his comedy tool belt listen stat dad love me or hate me but i'm still around so this improv segment is called movie style it's a it's a mad lib thing so i'll give you one you give me one we'll see how it goes from there i'll give you a genre i'll give you a plot twist and i'll give you a movie rating and you got Two minutes to pitch me a movie from intro, body, climax, resolution. You gotta give me a story. Okay. Doesn't need to be funny. You just need it needs to make sense. So the genre for your movie, romantic comedy. Alright. Plot twist. Wait a second. We went to high school together? Movie rating? Keep it simple. PG thirteen. Okay. I thought for some reason I'm like, ah, the movie rating. I have to know how bad it's going to be. I have. <laughs> hey, oh, your movie like is going to be rated four out of 10. Dude, we could do that. Maybe next week. Maybe next, Maybe week. next week. Let us know in the comments. All right. Or don't, because I might not listen to you. Rom-com with high schoolers. or I, I didn't say that. High school. We went to high. Okay. So it's romantic comedy. Oh my gosh, we went to high school together as a plot twist and PG-13. Okay. What you got for me, man? Intro, body, climax, resolution, full movie pitch. Christopher Walken and Meryl Streep star in this Valentine's Day rom-com special. It's never too late for love. Two divorced adults. <laughs> Can you imagine if they weren't adults? Two Dude. divorced kids. Two, <laughs> Two divorced, divorced teenagers. Adults. Two divorced people are put on dating apps. Neither of them with their knowledge. Their grandkids thought it would be a good idea to put them on dating apps so they can meet a new person. So uh, Meryl Streep and Christopher Walken get matched and they meet up and they're talking and and christopher walken actually realizes first that they went to high school together but you know no one minute left meryl streep is the first one to recognize 
that they went to high school together but since she changed her name with the first marriage he didn't really recognize it he didn't put it together so when they do find out that they actually went to high school together and Meryl Streep has been using all this knowledge that she knew of Christopher Walken back when they were in high school together he feels sort of cheated like she kind of had like an advantage and she didn't tell him but in the end it all kind of like comes together because he appreciates the amount of work that she was able to put in for him and uh they forgive their grandchildren for putting them on dating apps without their permission because they were angry in the first act but now that they actually fell in love and uh they forgive their grandkids and it's a fun wholesome family movie rated pg-13 rated pg-13 all right i'm gonna rate that movie because i've seen it now yeah such a great pitch um i'm gonna give it a five and a half out of ten and i'm gonna tell you why some plot holes First yeah. of all, your plot twist was in the first act. <laughs> Unless your plot twist is the fact that he found out. But I think we all saw that coming. So it wasn't much of a twist. Like he was going to find out. I mean, I, I like the part where he found out was a little frustrated, a little angry. Because um, that's not typical. I think it's very common for it to be the other way around. Where he's using all this information to get to Meryl Streep. And then she finds out and he goes, oh, so this wasn't organic. Yeah, that, that I'm used to that. So I'm glad you switched it up. I think that was very good uh, for PG-13. Yeah, I feel like it could totally be PG-13. One F-bomb, a couple of the, you know, super basic ones for daytime television. Maybe I'm, like a lewd scene or two. Yeah. Oh, there would absolutely lot. be a comedy scene. There would be like a comedic relief scene where mm-hmm. Christopher Walken and Meryl Streep like hook up for the first time and they make comments about old skin and like people make gross comments about it like that's gonna yeah. be that's gonna be the pg-13 rating yeah right there. And i mean it's gonna be pg-13 so you might like see a butt christopher walkins or they're like this is gonna be awkward kissing stuff like that but yeah i'll give it a five six out of ten something like that five and a half all right uh what's your what's my genre uh, just twist? for the record um mm-hmm. the the, ti- the title is never too late for love because they're old get it get it Never too late for love. Get it? I mean, I don't think there's any, there's no double entendre. I think we all get it. I think it, I think it makes sense. Okay. Never too late for love. um, And it's never, only two stars in it. Uh, I can't imagine it's going to kill on Valentine's Day, but maybe it gets nominated for like a supporting character. What would a movie like that be nominated for? Um, Comedy. (laughs) <laughs> maybe it's a musical maybe it's a musical i feel like that's a pretty easy nah. thing to win i don't know yeah there's a reason it's a five and a half what you got for me genre plot twist right. movie rating. your genre is wilderness survival your plot twist is the plot twist is the main character is being hunted and he doesn't know it okay uh and i think this would be appropriate for a rated r so Wilderness Survival, main character's been hunted the whole time, doesn't know it, and it's rated R. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I gotta figure out how I'm gonna make that a plot twist. Um, I kind of think of it more of like a theme. I don't know. Okay. Giving you a plot twist is hard. I'm more of well giving you a theme. Uh, I'll take the plot twist. I like a challenge. All right. Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman um are hunting buddies um they met because they both coach a their son's baseball team um and they realized that 
you know, after a couple of family dinners, team dinners, pasta nights and whatever, um, that they're both big uh, enthusiasts for um, hunting elk in Wyoming and Montana. So they leave the L.A. suburbs um, and go up to Wyoming for a hunting trip. And um, while they're there, there is a hunting accident between them and other hunters. And um, Hugh Jackman gets shot in the knee. And then the other hunters, scared that there was going to be some legal consequences or something crazy was going to happen, they just leave. They just leave. So they're abandoned. So it's Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman trying to get back to civilization. And Hugh Jackman is quickly bleeding out. They have a couple things for him to survive, but it's not working. So they're struggling. They get lost. Um, they don't have a, a good GPS. They had a, they had a map. And then towards the end of the movie, you find out that a mountain lion has been following the tracks, smelled the blood, and a mountain lion has been following them. So climax of the movie, Christian Bale um, is huddled up next to Hugh Jackman around a fire and a lion approaches him, starts mauling him, going to town on Hugh Jackman. He has to decide, am I going to save Hugh Jackman? Am I going to get out of here? He wrestles the mountain lion, comes away injured. Turns out they're only a mile to away. Someone else hears, sees the fire, saves them. And that's my movie. I'm going to call it um, Hunter's Demise. All right. And I'm going to give this movie. It's probably. Is this movie Oscar bait? It's reminiscent. I'm getting the same director as Revenant. Okay. If it's the same director, then I think people are going to tell that it's Oscar bait and it's probably going to get like a 7.3, 7.4. Yeah. I think there a lot of people are going to be like, oh, because one of those things that we got Hugh Jackman because DiCaprio dropped out because he yeah. was filming something else. Um, then like, well, geez. And we went through like two or three directors because we were trying to get this guy. He said he couldn't do it. So we got somebody else and he said we could sign on. It was a mess, really. Um, and cinematography is great. Um, but it's it's this plot is a little spotty in parts. Like, why would yeah. they leave? But overall, beautifully shot. The score is incredible. Yeah. All right. That was movie style. That was the movie improv style. segment for this week. All right. Now for the middle segment. We're going to have a very harsh tonal shift. So while this podcast is still in its infancy, I think something that we've kind of had a lot of discussion about internally here behind the scenes is like trying to figure out what we want the tone of the podcast to be, like how edgy do we want to make it? Um do we want to present ourselves as characters or not? You know, what's the pace of this podcast? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the theme yeah. really? Uh, sure. And we're still figuring it out, but I thought it would be nice for me at least. And maybe it'll be nice for you to just kind of like be genuine and kind of like open a little bit up. And so. Oh, I, for real. Yeah. F- well, it's going to be mostly me. Okay. Oof. Dude, I thought I was going to have to tell people where I live or yeah. something like that. So this week was kind of a roller coaster in terms of like mental stability and mental health and whatnot. And okay. I recently discovered this poem 
that I really like. And I found this poem from another podcast. The podcast is called Wonderful. And one of the hosts uh, graduated with like a creative writing degree. So she has a lot of knowledge about poetry. And so she brings it to her podcast a lot. And this one really resonated with me. So I wanted to share it with you and the audience. Um, And you'll understand why in a minute. So this podcast, it's printed in The New Yorker. That's where I'm reading it. It's called A Primer. And it's written by Bob Hycock. This is A Primer. I remember Michigan fondly as the place I go to be in Michigan. The right hand of America waving from maps. Or the left pressing into clay a mold to take home from kindergarten to mother. I lived in Michigan 43 years. The state bird is a chained factory gate. The state flower is Lake Superior, which sounds egotistical, though it is merely cold and deep as truth. A Midwesterner can use the word truth, can sincerely use the word sincere. In truth, the Midwest is not mid or west. When I go back to Michigan, I drive through Ohio. There is off I-75 in Ohio a mosque, so life goes corn, 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 mosque. I wave at Islam, which we're not getting along with on account of the towers, as I pass. Then Ohio goes corn, corn, billboard, goodbye, Islam. You never forget how to be from Michigan when you're from Michigan. It's like riding a bike of ice and fly fishing. The Upper Peninsula is a spare state in case Michigan goes flat. I live now in Virginia, which has no backup plan, but is named the same as my mother. I live in my mother again, which is creepy, but so is what the skin under my chin is doing. Suddenly there's a pouch like marsupials are needed. The state joy is spring. Osiris, we beseech thee, rise and give us baseball. Is how we might sound were we Egyptian in April, when February hasn't ended. February is 13 months long in Michigan. We are a people who by February want to kill the sky for being so gray and angry at us. What did we do is the state motto. There's a day in May when we're all tumblers. Gymnastics is everywhere and daffodils are asked by young men to be their wives. When a man elopes with a daffodil, you know where he's from. In this way, I have given you a primer. Let us all be from somewhere. Let us tell each other everything we can. So, if you don't know this about me, I lived in Michigan for 20 years, and then I moved to Virginia. So, when I was really struggling to find kind of like something I can relate to, you know, a little piece of me, hearing this poem was kind of exactly what I needed when I hear it, when I heard it for the first time. Just kind of this guy's experience of just like, yep, driving back is mostly ohio there's a lot of corn you know february is just winter forever and i think this is one of the first times that i've like genuinely related to a poem so i wanted to share that with you and the audience do you miss michigan i think i miss how i felt in michigan you know because michigan was high school and the good part of college so i think i miss those eras i don't know I think about this a lot. If I was given the opportunity to go back to Michigan, I don't know for sure if I would. Right. I mean, I was there for 18 years. Um, so I've been out of it for 25. I mean, whoa, that makes me very old. <laughs> I've been, um, I've been out of it for five. Um, 
23 now, quick maths. Um, and I just associate it with just family because that's where I'm from. That's where Macy's from, my wife. So, like, we just go back there. And that's where my nieces, my nephew, my my family is. Um, I don't – I do associate it with high school, but a lot of it is just, like, living in other places, people act different. Midwesterners act different than – California people act different than Texans act different than East Coasters. Um, so, I don't necessarily miss Michigan. I do – um, revere a lot of the memories I have and I miss the people in it. Um, but I kind of like that the beginning part of my life, I have a location I can associate with that. And then my, I have a quick transition of this is my next part of my life. I'm physically in a different place. So when I go to those places, I associate it with a different part of my life. So I really respect that about Michigan. Yeah. And that is us opening up and being genuine Take notes because it might never happen again. Yeah. If you ever catch your stepdad opening up, they're probably getting a divorce. So <laughs> um, that'll be the last time you and uh, you hear me and your mother open up because can't be doing that all the time. So our last segment, the one hit the wonder is going to be called worst case scenario pod or worst case scenario, but worst case scenario pod <laughs> worst case cast scenario pod i'm sorry worst cast um, scenario no worst cast scenario pod it's got to be a stretch it's got to be bad because it's never returning so okay. this is our okay. time to to hit it hard so basically i play this game by myself all the time it's called um in my head how fast can i ruin someone's life um so you and i are gonna play it together um we can do a character in a movie a i also have just... this game it's just called anxiety oh Nice. Um, so I'm just going to give you a person. You're going to inhabit their body for about 30 seconds or 30 seconds to a minute. And you have to ruin their life because when they get their body back, they're going to have to deal with all the consequences you have. Right. And the goal is to do permanent damage. You cannot commit felonies. And the goal is not really to get them into prison. It's just to ruin where they are in life. Yeah. Make them regret waking up each day. Yeah, be like, oh, this guy took over my life for 60 seconds, and I can't live my life the same for the next decade. That's what we're shooting for. Worst okay. cast scenario pod. Um, I will go first, if you would like. Any celebrity, character, made-up person, just you or me, whatever. I want you to ruin your future child's life. Okay, I'm ruining my future child. Um, don't know the gender yet, so we'll say it's a guy. Um, what age am I inhabiting his body to ruin him? 14. That's hard, because here's the thing about being 14. If I can't commit felonies, there's not a lot of stuff that sticks on a 14-year-old. Would it be easier if I said 16? I don't want it to be easy, Greg. I live my life one quarter mile at a time. I like challenges. All right, 14. 14 it is. I got... 30 seconds to a minute to ruin his life. All right. All right. So first I got to pick a location. Let's say school bus. Oh, I can't commit felonies. <laughs> well, that ruins that. Um, that's a felony. That's a felony. <laughs> that's a felony. Dude, all, everything in my mind is just a felony. This guy, this kid's going to juvie no matter what. Uh, oh, okay. Can we do some so here's what we're going to do. Let him do some misdemeanors. Mm, I think I can. This is 
okay. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get our hands on drugs. Um, so I have 30 seconds to find, dr- dude, finding 30 seconds to do drugs. Yikes. <laughs> All right. Better. We're just going to, this is, I was thinking about maybe we should self-harm. Oh. Lasting damage. And I was thinking not like crazy, just like chainsaw to the legs or something. But then I realized if he's 14, insurance, I'm going to have to pay the deductible. Somehow I'm paying this. <laughs> and I don't, it's not how fast can I ruin my life. Well, you ruin um, his life by driving his family into bankruptcy. Oh, dude. Face tattoos of racist, sexist things. Yeah. They're, and it's going to be 30 to 60 seconds. It's going to be horrible looking. You can't get a good tattoo in 30 seconds. So it's just going to be like horrible insignias. And sometimes it's just going to be ex- obscure. Like stuff people are like, what does that even mean? I know it's bad, but I don't know what it means. Like uh, redheads are the next Jews. You're going to be like, oh, wait, what is yeah. that? That would be, be like, I know. Be like, I I know that's not good. But I don't. Is he anti-Semitic? Does he hate gingers? Does he love them both? Is he just into Jews? I want it to be confusing and it's going to be, he's going to, he's going to get redheads on the next Jews across his forehead at a tattoo parlor in 30 to 60 seconds. So it's well, not going to look Let's good. be clear. It wouldn't be a tattoo parlor. It would be Pete Davidson on a beach in Staten Island. Oh dude. What a callback to an amazing movie, <laughs> but that's how I'm going to ruin my kid's life at 14 face tattoo of obscure racial commentary. All right. Hit me. Um, you are going to ruin your mom's life right now. 30 to 60 seconds. Now, let's avoid the weird thing about you're inhabiting your mom's body. Yeah, it's weird. But the point is to ruin her life. Okay? So what are you going to do? Hey, Mom. This is your son, Craig. The things I'm about to say are purely fictional. And if you listen to this, which, let's be real, it's kind of a coin flip. I just taught you how to use podcasts today. It's also not indicative of your relationship. I'm forcing him to do this. I love you and care about you dearly. He does not, as you will see shortly. All right. Easy peasy. Um, Nudes to the camping group group text. (laughs) Do you think that's going to do lasting damage, though? I think it's going to alter her relationships. Be like, well, now this is going to be awkward. But here's the thing. I know my Also, you're going to have to do the nudes. You are going to be in your mom's body. I'm just going to close my eyes. I'll just cover my eyes and just hope the picture came out okay. There's no way you're getting out of this without being scarred. Yeah. I mean, This is just like me chopping my kids' legs off. I'm going to have to pay for this. Listen, we're already a doors open family, more so than I care to be. So this was coming at some point. That's a one-hit wonder, worst-case scenario pod, uh, worst-cast scenario pod. Uh, we're not coming back to that ever, and no. you know why, right, Mom? So, signing off, uh, remember to watch Hubie Halloween. We'll be uh, reviewing that next week, going over the nuances and the character developments and the amazing plot points. And, Craig, as always the zebras my twisted striped black and white brethren what did you say my name because you wanted me to start it i mean i just gave an amazing intro 
Um, so I was hoping you would take it from here. Okay. Because we both care dearly in a, so much. Our heart, heart felt contributions, donations, fundraisers, foundations have gone to the zebras. And I thought you might want to say something, but maybe I was wrong. Maybe yeah, you don't care at so, all. So last week was the memorial service for Marty. Um, he gave his life protecting the zebra cause for raising awareness and watching the vigil that happened on the island of Madagascar was uh, truly heartwarming, I think. I think it was kind of a grounding moment for all of us. And while we watch the chaos, while we watch uh, the uncivility, it was a moment that reminded us what we were truly fighting for. And the thing is, is it's bigger than just one person. It's all of us. And seeing all of us there together to honor a legacy, to honor a movement, to honor a person, to honor a zebra was probably the most important part of this whole event. And honestly, it's probably going to be the thing that's written down in history books. Um, thankfully, I mean, his cousin, uh, Stripes, formerly known as Racing Stripes, um, said some... <laughs> How many zebra movies are there? We need to figure this out right now. How many zebra movies can we have? I'm sorry. I'm. I thought I could hold it together, but I think. I'm sorry. Can you say something? <laughs> I think. Um, after your middle segment, opening up a little bit, talking about Michigan, I'm reminding myself about the uh, the amazing times I had. Uh, watching Racing Stripes and seeing him perform as an athlete and as an icon um, and seeing him say those kind words about Marty. Um, I think it really brings to the forefront the issue of the zebras. And if you didn't feel something when you gave that eulogy, um, I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, so hopefully uh, you contribute. Hopefully Hopefully you can at a minimum post on social media, um, hashtag think of the zebras, um, because we need to have Marty in our thoughts. Um, he was a huge leader in this movement. Um, and hopefully we can make some progress moving forward. Uh, anyway, check back with us next week for Hubie Halloween and more zebra updates. I am Craig Wells, AKA permanent handle. And I'm Alex good, AKA Alex Good, signing off. See ya. Bye.